We have the robot's permission now. Amazing. Um, Matt Jellison. Hey, Rob Morris. What's up, my guy? Chilling. How are you? Dude, I'm so excited to talk to you. I yeah. Anyone who's ever listened to this show knows that I have uh, a, a, a weird weird artsy love relationship with your class that I wasn't in uh-huh, because, uh-huh. because my best friend was in it. <laughs> and then my other roommate who lived in my house was in it. And so mm-hmm. drama 2010 is my other yep. surrogate class. You guys are my family and yes. I haven't talked to you. I don't think since it's then really long time. I think the last, I was thinking about this today. I think I saw you I went back and visited like a year later, like maybe 2011. And I went down to Brandon. The movie. Didn't you bring oh, a movie to campus? Again with the movie. With yeah. Mug? Then Ace and I, Ace and I came back to my, with Mug in like 2014. That was, but, I think that was probably yeah, the last time I saw you guys. So almost 10 years, bro. Yeah. That's wild. That's wow. absolutely crazy. And not only that, I feel like you're also one of, that's why I'm so excited to talk to you. You're one of those people that for whatever reason, and I haven't dug into this cause I'm not like curious like that. I don't know if it's like, you're not a big social media dude. I'm not like a huge one, but we definitely, I don't feel like I've tracked you. You know what I mean? There's uh-huh, some people uh-huh. you don't see for 10 years, but you're like, Oh, there he is in the oh, play. There he is making the movie or doing the, Oh, he was on that show. Whatever he's got going. He got married. Right. I, man. I yeah. am so excited because I got fucking no clue what's yeah. going on cool. with you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yeah, um, let me start off, though. Uh, let me start off in act one of the story. As yeah. I, as we do, I'll ask you my only stock question, which is where are you from, Jelly Baby? Yeah, I am from New York City. Um, I'm from Hell's Kitchen originally. Um, and I believe you lived there for a bit, right? That's, I did. I yeah. lived there in high school. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, 9th and yeah. 37th. So like South uh-huh. Kitchen. Cool. Yeah, I was on 9th and uh 43rd. And uh yeah, I grew up there, lived there from I guess I was three when we moved there. We lived on the Upper West Side the first three years. Um and yeah, and so born yeah, that's so great. We were what like we were four blocks away from each other at one point. I know, I know. Yeah. And you were going to the school I wish I was going to. <laughs> what was wait so what how old are you rob what how old are you uh, i'm are my original i'm 34 i'm 88 okay. and so uh i would have graduated uh 06 high school okay cool yeah so i graduated 04 i'm i'm, yeah. I'm 37 um and uh and you went to yeah, LaGuardia. So- or not LaGuardia. LaGuardia. Yeah, you you did. You did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was like, I think that or it wasn't PPS. You're a LaGuardia kid. Yeah. I remember talking yeah. to you about that. I'm a talent unlimited kid. Okay, cool. Yes. So that Very I think cool. just really, if it, man, it's hard to sell people on how telling that is about the two of us. You know, mm-hmm. if you lived in the city and were a high schooler at the time and you went to one of those three schools, everyone had mm-hmm. their opinions on the people who went to the other schools. Cause there's only like <laughs> three or four. Right. And we're like, Oh wow. It's clear in quality that it's probably <laughs> you auditioned for all three and we can tell okay. how the fuck it should. Got it, got it. <laughs> I think that's clear. Um, uh, and yeah. Then there was ahead. also Frank Sinatra became a thing too. Right. That was like, yeah, another, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember there was a guy in on faculty at LaGuardia who was like a part-time faculty and he worked with us on our, our showcase scenes. I, I, 
I quote showcase because it's it's nothing like the NCSA or the UNCSA uh, showcase. Um, uh, but it's 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 much much not not professional at all. But um, but it um, he was like helping us with that, and then he went and started the program at Sinatra or something like that. Um, so yeah. let's talk about, I'm going to go back even further because I think it's interesting. And I don't know that I know this full story. I feel like I know mm. pieces of this. I want to talk about the family unit a little bit. What brings yeah. you to New York city generationally? Like, is that before you or were you already there? And then what are, what is the family doing for work are usually my yeah. curiosities. Yeah. Great. So, um, so they're actors. So this is, uh, yeah, brought up in an actor household. So, Dad's a New England boy. He's from Rhode Island. Mom is from Queens. Um, Dad thinks that he's gonna. He's in college somewhere. I don't know, but but he thinks he's gonna be um, an FBI agent. I think, and then he does this on my list, dude. Play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. It's yeah, still I mean, kind it, of like I might go cool PI job. in my sixties. You know, <laughs> I've, I'm not done giving up that completely. <laughs> Um, uh, but he does the school play and is like, oh, I want to be an actor. goes to BU, moves to the city. Um, and then him, my mom is here already working as an actress and, um, and they meet doing a production of Candide in, um, in DC at arena stage. And they, um, they're opposite each other. They're like the comic love interests. Um, and apparently they hate each other. Like they're really not into each other, like on stage and off stage. Um, but, but somehow it all comes together and, uh, they move back and yeah. And then they, they have a kid and, and he's me. And How many know. kids? Just me. Solo boy. Solo boy. Solo yep. boy, New York city actor mm-hmm. parents. Yep. That yep. is yep. a specific it's very experience, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In midtown Manhattan. Yeah. There's a, okay. So I, uh, yeah, I feel, and again, I knew pieces of this already, but I really want to flesh it out for anyone. And of course I'm, mm-hmm. I'm now racking my brain for like, I'm so curious. One of the things that I love about you and a few other people from the city that uh, came down to North Carolina for college are these, the people who can't drive. Yep. That is one of my favorite things. And then yeah. you, and then it, and it, to, to watch other people's <laughs> brains malfunction when that comes uh-huh. up in conversation. Yeah. We're like, all right, well, I guess we'll do this. And then Jelly, you want to drive, blah, blah. And someone's like, oh no, he doesn't drive. And then it comes <laughs> out and people are like, what do you mean? They're like, no, he doesn't know how to drive a car. And they're right. like, what? Like, if you're not from inner city New York, it's kind of the only There's place nobody. in all of America that really mm-hmm. functions that way. Yeah. And so it's such yeah. a specific experience. So like you've got that alone of being an inner city kid. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. what draws you, I mean, as a LaGuardia kid too, what draws you to want to leave? You knew we we're going to go back. So you're like, let me get yeah. out for a little while. Or like, why go to North Carolina? It was weird. So I, I actually, when I was leaving LaGuardia, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to go to college for acting. Um, I went to the new school for about a year and a half and I thought I was going to be a fiction major um that makes sense to me. and uh and then so my dad was doing this show um uh this was like the fall before my first year at um at school of the arts my dad's doing this show called all shook up which is like this sort of elvis um elvis jukebox musical um and 
And the show is it it closed prematurely, and um, and I think the actors felt really were they were really upset. They had grown super close. They were just like, um, yeah, they were just like super super frustrated. Felt and, a lot of potential. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so I, I anyway, I go to see this last show, and I'm sort of rolling my eyes about it. I'm sort of like. I'm like, oh no, no, no! I'm I'm done with acting. I'm a little bit. I'm just a little bit over it and a little bit jaded and and nineteen and who the fuck um, wouldn't be, man? That's right. not <laughs> you're not the. But that's what I'm saying. And just to pause it, I'm I'm adding this contrast because so many of the people who are on this show, or maybe anyone who's listening who has another experience with the theater, it dude, it's like fucking ninety eight point five percent of kids grew up in this country who have that relationship with it aspire to end up mm-hmm. where you started. Right, 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 right. Like yeah. in in it in some way, mm-hmm. which boom, you're born, you're fucking in it instantly. Right, right. And yeah. oh my God, New York City. And you're like, my, yeah, my, this is where I live. The only thing I know. Yeah. Like, so why, I, I can't imagine just being on a straight shot to being an mm-hmm. actor in that because you don't have that. How do you get the, how do you build the hunger in it the same way? Yeah. You know, I, I, I actually, growing up, I really, so I, I grew up like, um, backstage, like my dad shows, I would, you know, be, be back there. Either like a cast member was helping me with my French homework or I was playing like right. video games, stage hands or like whatever. So, um, so it, yeah, it was just sort of part, like, it felt like an extension of me just sort of being in that theatrical environment, but it was at some point it was really, really fun. I, th- I remember like being on stage. Um, I don't know the first time I was on stage, but like even as early as elementary school, I was like, oh, I just belong here. Like this is where where I where I'm meant to be. Um, this is the most fun thing in the world. And I felt so comfortable with it too. And then I think, but I think by the time the end of high school rolls around, that's when I'm just you know, I don't know. That's like a time where you have to rebel against everything you've ever known. And so, um, so that, that was, I mean, it was a measly rebellion. I was like, I'll do fiction instead of, uh, be an actor. Like it's, you know, yeah, it's not a real, you didn't jump to but, architecture or like right, paleontology. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So what's uh, this, what's this all shook up moment for you? Oh, so I'm, so I'm at this show. I'm sort of rolling my eyes about being at this show, but it's, it's my dad's last um, last performance at the, of this show and the end, it sort of follows Shakespeare comedies. Like at the end, there's a big wedding scene, all the people who've been, all the women who've been dressing as men take off their hats and, and whatever, everybody gets married and it's this whole thing. So, um, so they're having this scene and like, they're so upset that they're about, to, that this is their last time performing together that they just start like, dropping their lines and then helping each other with their lines and then like crying and laughing. And like, this is a Broadway stage. Like it's, it's, you know, you, there's sort of like this um, professionalism that you always expect, but it, but it was this um, just beautiful moment of people coming together of, of having that ensemble feel. And, and it was sad, but also just like really funny. And, and I just fucking real. Yeah, it was real. It was very real. And and you know, everything about what I love about theater, which is about the celebration of the live moment, like that was 
that it was all happening right there. And that moment I was just like, dad, sorry, I rebelled. <laughs> I didn't apologize, but, but dad, like, I want to do this. What do I have to do? And he said, you have to go to conservatory if you're going to pursue this uh, professionally. It um, really is as if you were on this like trajectory and then the natural curve of adolescence just like started, you started to veer and then mm-hmm. this one night, this one show was just like a thing, course correction, right? Back yeah, to yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. it's like, man, honestly, I don't think you get through the work without some sort of perspective. Like you need to do this and then yeah, come oh, back certainly. at some point, period. There were but also man, there was what a lot kind of, of hearing after that too. <laughs> well, sure, but, sure. And we're yeah. just talking about your acting work up to the point of mm-hmm. undergrad, which right, of, right, right. of course we know is the the tip of many many different artistic things that you've done which we'll talk about but just in that moment i feel like you're like you said it's a what was it it was a measly rebellion because you were so it was such like a, oh oh and right back oh, right yeah, yeah, back yeah, to where i was sure. and i really just needed to <laughs> see a good play mm-hmm. uh which uh is sometimes, <laughs> sometimes all it takes um also really cool that you can pinpoint that moment in its significance mm. for you, because I don't think we all can do that. I hear so many mm. versions of that story where it's like, I don't know, at some point I just, and you're like, no, at this point, this yeah. is what happened, um, which it. is dope. And also, honestly, I am so, I don't hear about a lot of performances that I'm sad I missed, but I fucking kind of really wish I had seen that shit because that's cool. my favorite part. Yeah. That's my pa- favorite part of the theater. It's mm-hmm. why I love stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. I like sure. live actual not Netflix. I love Netflix stand up. I do, but like live in the room stand up when yeah. shit gets fucked up and you're just all you're like, is someone gonna get hurt? Is someone gonna quit their job mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. Is it like you're there with them really feeling yeah. a thing without feeling like you're being manipulated mm-hmm. or forced into anything? Yeah. And that's so valuable. Yeah, I agree. So why the South? Yeah, so I had two friends who I went to high, were in my class in high school, uh, Matteo Eckerly and Veronica Dominic, Um, and they were there already. They were at School of the Arts already. So, and they really loved it. Um, I tried out for, I tried out, you know, all the normal places, um, uh, I guess like what, Purchase, Carnegie, whatever, all the places. I hadn't even visited School of the Arts. Like, I just sort of tried out. I really loved the audition room. I loved, I back then, I don't know how it works right now. Back then it was um, Bob Bessett and Bob Francisconi were the folks behind the table um, doing the audition. And like, I don't know, the energy felt right. Like there was something about their presence. It was well practiced at that point. Yeah, sure, sure. They'd been doing it for a while. Yeah. Um, even though, and Francisconi obviously did not say a word the entire time. And Robert Bessida said lots of words the entire time. But um, but there was just, I don't know, there was there was something in there that that felt really cool. And then I got in and I was just like, I'm gonna do this. And I do I don't I don't know exactly what it just felt right. I got this like for some reason I didn't get a full like, like, you know how you get into college and you get those big packets, right? And so if you get an envelope, you're like, oh, I guess it's a rejection. So first there was something, I got an envelope and I was like, ah, oh, shit, like, fuck, I'm not gonna, okay, never mind. Me too. But then it was, yeah, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's so- Well, because actually, you know what the first thing I got? It was like an envelope slash, it was like a postcard in it. 
And I was like, do they have fucking pre-written rejection uh-huh. postcards <laughs> where yep. they just go, sorry, kid, we didn't even write your fucking name on it. Like I was like, I was up ready to be upset, but it ended up being the, cause I was originally in DMP for lighting. It ended uh-huh. up being Eric Rhymes, the lighting teacher, writing me a personal postcard about oh. how he really enjoyed talking to me. And like, can't wait to see me in the fall and shit. And it's so funny how you do those mental gymnastics at that age of you're like, it could be (laughs) anything. Yeah. Yeah. And let, let me just go ahead and pick the worst one and try to prepare for that as quickly as possible. As I I... melt into a puddle. (laughs) Yeah. And then, Oh, cool. Yeah. Was Juilliard Uh, on the list? I mean, LaGuardia Juilliard. I, I didn't, I didn't try out for Juilliard. I don't know why I didn't try out for Juilliard. I just, not a thought that seems so wild to me to as a me to... city kid i know it's strange i don't know did your parents ever be like cool north carolina nice did you think <laughs> about fucking juilliard kid we kind of put you right next to it for never 30 years out i don't know if there was i don't know if like maybe because it we were actor because it was like actor family I don't know if there was like some sort of in-family stigma about Juilliard. I'm not exactly mm. sure. I also don't want to talk shit about Juilliard. Like I know so many oh, amazing, yeah, and that's amazing, not my amazing, amazing, at all. amazing. Yeah. Um, but there, I think there was some reason where maybe they looked down on it a tiny bit. I, mm. I could be wrong, but I, I don't know. Either um, way, you end up in North Carolina. If I, I, I ended up in North Carolina, yeah. And what was that culture shock like, City Kid? It was crazy. I mean, I got off the plane and I was like, what the fuck am I going to do here? Like, how am I, like, this is nuts. Like, like, take me on a plane back. Like, I right away, I was just like, what? This, I had no, I was totally shocked just by the... I'm just used to walking out my door and everything being in your face all at once. And so, like... Something that wasn't that was was sort of like, I don't know how I'm going to even fill my time. Quickly, that changed. Quickly, I met. How long does that last, do you think? That lasts, I mean, it lasts like 24 to 48 hours, really. It's okay. like, yeah, it's a it's a pretty quick so on shift. The, the third or fourth day, you've met some people. You've moved yeah. in. You've, fig- you've mm-hmm. got you've been to the calf a couple times. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> what's what's up at this point? Like what do you what is your mindset now? I'm like, okay, now I guess I'm adjusting to being in the what feels like the woods. You know, I think I was taken it, it was really when like it was helpful having Veronica Mateo there already because mm, I right. felt like I was just taken to all of these places where I you was got like swept away. Yeah, I just got swept I got swept into parties. I like um I think Sprague Street was like the big party house at that time. Um, and so like met all those guys who worked, who lived there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. There was just suddenly like this, this culture of all of these vibrant, fun, exciting human beings that I was just surrounded by. And that seemed to just automatically accept me for who I was. Like there, there wasn't any, like, it's just like, you're here. Welcome. You're part of the family. And like that just immediately I felt really at home and really like I had a, had a real place. Um, well, and not and to mention we, you yeah. were older. So in about 20 minutes, older. you're going to be able to hook us up. Right. So yes, what's yes. up jelly? I Best do turn friends. 21 our freshman year. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Um, yep. 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 Uh, I was a hot commodity for sure. Oh, dude, <laughs> that's not the worst not, guy not to driving be. Driving was okay because because I had other things that I. Bro, could I was offer. in the class of 2013. Don't worry about it. You know, it's yeah. like you can do what you got to do to get by. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Well, okay. Well, let me ask you this too, because when I moved to Winston was at the end of your second year. So this is like, yeah. like May of 2008. Mm-hmm. And so now you're halfway through. Yeah. What, what keeps you from going into the directing program? Because you're such a writer. Yeah. You're such a, I mean, you're doing so much writing at school as well. I mean, you're doing intensive art stuff. You're yeah. working with friends, collaborating. You're not just taking your acting assignments. You clearly have a more, uh, you know, meta mindset about the creation process. Mm-hmm. Your class in particular is very interesting as far as the directing program ended up being because you have Gus who started as an actor and then you have four older transfer. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't have that many four person directing classes throughout the whole history of that program to bring in four transfers. Five was not normal all the time. They did it a few times, but five was crazy. How big was, how big was yours? Four. Like how many? Four. Okay. Gotcha. And two transfers. And two transfers. And I started in the second year as that weird like transfer thing. Like I moved Mm -hmm. from DMP at the end of first year. And then I spent all of second year as an actor. Then I went into the directing. Then you went into So I did three years in the drama school. So even then, Stephen Kopp, who also had moved to town earlier um, and uh, was our other transfer. He also like had been there for a while. He got to know people. It didn't feel like first day of class, there's this new guy. Like a lot of people already knew who we were when we started with them. You had four randos show up and join the class. What my whole point of bringing this up is there was room for more actors in your class to join Gus. They didn't. Therefore, there was room for Henry and Bryn and those guys to come and show up. Right. And it seems to me as I think back and I talked to Andrew Jernigan about this a little bit. Yeah. Definitely a possible candidate in that role. Mm -hmm. To me, you're one of the other ones. It's like, why did why was Jelly not having that conversation or did you have that conversation with Gerald? I didn't. I didn't have that convo with Gerald. You know, I don't. uh, Yeah. I mean, Andrew was. Andrew was was very I remember him very, very deeply thinking about wanting to make that switch. Um, and we were we were a team at that point. We were we were collaborating a lot. He was directing my my writing. Um, and um, it never even occurred to like if of our duo, like he was the one to go and do that. Like it never mm. occurred to me that I would switch over to that. I don't maybe. I was excited about writing. I was I was excited about taking taking this training into my own hands and doing what I wanted to do with it. Um, but I, I didn't know if being a director was was that thing. Mm. Yeah, and I think Gerald really did see me as an actor. Like the way that he casted me, agree. Um, yeah, he he. I think he really wanted me in that uh and in both of you tremendous strengths as as actors i mean i really really enjoyed seeing you guys at school but at the same time 
you know, it does feel sometimes like, I mean, Dave Brown, another person who was writing and directing his own stuff at school, but then you also see him on stage. He's so fucking magnetic that you're like, yeah, totally. Ah, you can't fight this guy being on stage. And I felt the same way about you, but you know, I don't feel like every far from every actor. Do you go, Oh yeah, maybe directing a lot of them. It's just like, no, they're actors. That's what the fuck they do. Um, you know, I love Alex Heffler to death, mm-hmm. but I, in, in, in directing him, he's such a brilliant actor in my experience. Yeah. This is fucking a million years ago because yeah. he's so over there doing his fucking thing in here. Right. He is an actor like for exactly. 100%. And he's yeah. doing the right thing, but that's mm-hmm. why I kind of pose that to you. So it's interesting that you see yourself very much in that lane. Um, so when you leave school, what's the trajectory as far as your own work versus like trying to be on, you know, TV and shit like that, like everybody else? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, own work really takes, takes charge. I, I was, you know, I should have been more prepared for how hard the real world was going to be because I saw it first, you know, I, I was in the front row seat of seeing my dad struggle through all of this stuff and he had, uh, he's had a, you know, a really wonderful career, but acting's hard it's a really really hard career and hard um, how when you say you like wish you had been more getting, prepared well oh so i guess i should have just been more mentally prepared about understanding auditions and rejection and and that whole just just that whole part of it you know i Could i you had seen I, I mean i don't know like no no not really like like everybody's journey is their own but i you know i i had seen my dad think that he was about to get something and then something happened and him be brokenhearted because of it like i had witnessed that growing up and so i i sort of knew a little bit about the ins and ins and outs of how this worked just from from witnessing it um but but i wasn't mentally prepared for how difficult that was going to be for me Um, like emotionally emotionally yeah 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 i, I was so how did that affect you well so i got signed right out of school which was awesome and i started going on auditions and i just i think auditioning is not my talent like i am mm. i i am someone who takes time i am someone who like like barrels through things has to make a ton of mistakes before he like sort of figures out what it is what it is that that i'm bringing into the room i need a rehearsal process and and so having those you know getting sized the night before i would doubt myself i would doubt any choices um and i i would walk in and i sort of even resented it. Like I resented the whole situation. I resented having to like show myself to these strangers and, and, and have them judge me. Like, like there was some, the whole dynamic of it. I just kind of felt I had bad feelings around the whole dynamic around it. And it, it it felt like, um, I don't know. There are elements of it that make me, that frustrate me to this day, you know, preparing for an audition is work. That's that's not work that anybody's getting paid for. Like, there's something about that that's like that rubs me the wrong way. It just was like the way that it's set up. It wasn't. I wasn't. It wasn't for me. I I didn't. It didn't. Um. It didn't. Yeah, it just didn't work. But you know what that makes me think of in contrast is, and I don't know anything about this. Uh, so I'm gonna sound like a real fucking jackass as I try to <laughs> relate it to something else. 
But this is what it makes me think of because I built it up as a fantasy in my head. The way they would talk about doing theater in Moscow, uh-huh. the way that they would cast these ensembles at these rep theaters, yeah, as like you're here, this is your job. Yeah. We you're gonna yeah. get kind of like at school. It's like once you're yeah. in, and we've said yeah. yay, you don't have to spend every twenty fucking days begging people again. And yeah. not only that, we're not gonna make you learn the play in three weeks. You right. get like a year. Yeah. Like you're going to work on it every day, slow and marinate mm. and come back and be like, man, remember that show we talked about two months ago? Let's try that again. Like, yeah. And I think that while that is obviously very indulgent, I think it's a, maybe the best word you could possibly use for it because mm-hmm. it is artistically indulgent. We're saying, man, we're going to pay you to come in every day. And in yeah. six months, you have nothing to show for it. <laughs> We're like, give us what you got. And they're like, Jesus, it's only been six months. Like no other job is like, and it's like funded by the government. So it's yeah, like, right. dude, what a pipe dream. But it, right, but it is right. a model that I think it, for us, especially as American artists, we hear that and we're like, fuck, it sounds like a goddamn dream of it just- does. Because yeah. you Because you're spending your time exactly like what you said practicing, executing, and honing the skill set that you were passionate about in the first place, Mm -hmm. which is creation, Mm -hmm. which is the acting of it. Yeah. And the audition is a different skill set. It is a different Mm -hmm. thing. And God bless you if you enjoy doing that. Man, if you enjoy doing that, you're going to be a great actor eventually. Yeah. Like if you really love to audition, that's your favorite part of the thing. Mm -hmm. I haven't met this person yet that I'm describing, but I imagine they have to be (laughs) out there just statistically. (laughs) Good luck, but yeah, it, it really is. So, and you know what, dude? Honestly, I feel like you and I have a very similar man, and maybe we're just talking a little bit more about um 24-year-old Matt, but mm-hmm. similar attitude of why I totally bailed on acting altogether, man. Cause I saw yeah. that trajectory and was like, I don't want to beg all the time. I yeah. have, I'm good. Let me convince like 10 people <laughs> that I'm good and then just and, keep and giving me a job. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great model. I mean, right. Like, I mean, it gets exhausting to like go up for like bro number five, like every, you know, and, and, you know, or, or whatever, <laughs> like, it's just right. like, like I, I have other stuff to offer. Um, My thing and- is always Colgate. I'm always like, I don't want to sell Colgate to people. Yeah. I don't totally. care. <laughs> Use whatever you want. I'm not going to be like, Ding. I'm, I'm. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that some people maybe let that kick them around, you know, they yeah. let that ruin it for them. And I think that the thing that is important to keep in mind, and as I'm sure you agree with this, uh, but please tell me if you don't, that there is so much actual abundance. It is bigger than that. You don't want to do the fucking Colgate. Don't like, right. you can still be an artist. You can still be an actor. And it may be a little more specifically difficult to make your living doing it, yeah. but you can't, you don't have to be like, well, if this is what it is. I'm going to go yeah. be a paleontologist. Right. No. And I, I think the first years out of school were me transitioning was, were me trying to sort of figure that out. Like who, who is Matthew as an artist? I, it's not this, like, this isn't it, whatever, whatever this is. Um, and I guess the, the thing that was so, that I was so fortunate about was that, so I had done all this writing, intensive arts, other projects, 
um, had this collaboration going with East Jernigan. Like I, I was, was. You wrote a thing that got a bunch of people thrown in jail. Hey, she wrote a thing that got a bunch of yes, yeah, Joe with Joe Flanders. Um, yeah, I was there. Yep, 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 yep. Yes, amazing. Yes, it's been covered <laughs> on the show several times. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad it's yeah. gotten it's gotten its due coverage. Because <laughs> like six of the people who were there have done the show. It keeps coming up. Matt wrote um, it. Everybody is Matt's fault. Matthew Jellison is the reason all those people went to jail. It's true. It's true. Didn't you uh, also play Bro Number Five in that movie? I think I, think I remember I a, you holding a beer and like, that's one of the only things that I prob- you, probably, right? I imagine so. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly that. Or there was something, I think I did, I was living with Joe Flanders senior year and, um, and Allie Bill and this movie that Joe was making with Allie and I played like the creep or something. I don't know. It was, that was a blast. That was like so much fun. Just being this random creep that uh, was at parties um, and kind of creeped up, creeped on Allie Bill out. Um but I was at, oh, so at that time, I'm feeling all disillusioned with with it. And and I stumble on this writing teacher um, who, her name's Karen Hartman. And uh, yeah, just, I mean, you know, I, I would probably hold her and Gerald as like, you know, two of the greatest you know, mentors um, of my life. Other, uh, other folks at, at uh, School of the Arts too, Mary and... Um, uh, yeah, I think I think especially like Mary and Gerald were, were like the big, big um people that I gravitated towards in school of the arts. But um but but Karen is is among them. And uh and so that she really just kind of broadened me to like and 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 brought me into the world of playwriting. Um and that over those next couple of years, I I really made a transition from actor, actor writer, just and then just sort of full on like I I'm a writer now. This is um this is how I'm spending my time, which was really how long has I that been think, now that you think of yourself that way? I think of my uh I maybe since like when did I la when did I do I feel like my last audition may have been in like 2013 or something like that. Mm. Like I I think and that was when I was like feeling done with it already. And it was just sort of, I remember going into some audition and I just, I knew I bombed it and I didn't really care. And I was just like, I think, I think that's it. I think that's my last one. And, um, yeah. So I think it was, it was really two years in you're burnt out two years in, I'm burnt out. I also had this great, I was, I got the, I was able to get the Keenan playwriting fellowship. So I was, I was also getting like all of these, really just like cool things that were sort of like, this is the road, this is the path you're going to take. So, so burnt out of the acting thing, but really inspired and excited about the writing thing. So let's talk 2013 forward then. So what, yeah. what you know, and that's around the last time that I saw you. So what yeah. do you f- feel like in the last shit decade or so? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what do you feel like are the highlights for you as far as growing as an artist, let's start there. Mm-hmm. Like things yeah, that you think, sure. man, the last 10 years, these, these are the things that I'm glad they happened for me because on the tail end of it, I am so much more mm-hmm. the artist I want to be. Yeah. I think, um, the continued studying with Karen has been, I, I, I still study with her. I had a class with her yesterday. 
So wow. that's, that is still, um, just like, a that's a ever, long mentorship, ever going thing. Yeah. Long mentorship. She went away for a couple of years. So there was like a gap in there, but, um, but, but yeah. Um, uh, so that's, that's been really huge. And I, I always find that I'm always evolving, not just as a writer, but also like my sense of what success means, my sense of like, what, yes. what it means joy. to be a writer. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is, and, and yes, and finding joy and finding purpose in the practice, um, beyond exterior, you know, anybody telling you good job, but you knowing, you know, within. And, and so that's, that's an ever evolving thing. So that's, that's Gerald huge. was the best at that for me yeah of all the yeah, people great. i've ever met he was the one that was like which is weird because after his stroke which is when i spent the really the most time with him he mm-hmm. was so much kinder yeah. uh, because it was easier for him to be kinder i really think uh yeah. and he was very grateful um but i think the <laughs> i think the dynamic of like i don't have like, we only have so much time with each other and mm-hmm. to be kind to you seems like almost a waste of some of that time because I have so Mm. many things I want to help you with. Mm. If you need to be like, if you need this, I'll give you one real quick, but look at all this shit we can fix and that'll make it better. And that should make you feel good. You should Mm -hmm. feel good about the fact that the feedback is happening. Yeah. And the compliment, the fact that that's what you need. I think you should examine that. Yeah. And I think I did. And I was like, Oh shit. I don't, I, I, I know what is good to me. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I can be like, did I fuck that up? Did I do a good job and whatever. Mm -hmm. And I really just need to walk away with like, if anyone does have any criticism, I'm like, thanks. Or go fuck yourself. Both. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, I wish, <laughs> I wish I had left school with that feeling that evolved uh, <laughs> uh, with, with, uh, yeah, I, along those lines. I, I think I was still. I think it took a few years for it to settle in for me. I'll, settle give, in, I'll give, yeah. you, give myself less credit, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that is, I mean, that is at heart what Gerald, you know, the, the, at the heart of what Gerald was, was teaching. Um, but you feel uh, like you figured more of that out now. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Makes it easier to do stuff. It does. It does. And sometimes it bubbles up again. Sometimes that's, you know, there's, it's, it's natural for it to, and then, and then I have to realign and re-evolve and, 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 and sort of get back in touch with why is it that I'm doing this? And remind um, yourself that go fuck yourself is totally legit. (laughs) Totally legit, man. Hey, I see you. You see me. Tell it walking. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so what uh, uh what else is on the list for you in the in the in that so category? um so I, I at some point so actually Karen this is during Karen's gap. Karen leaves. Right. Um as she pre- moves to Seattle. Pandemic? Hmm? This is pre-pandemic. This is twenty like twenty fourteen. Okay. Um, uh this is yeah, yeah. At the end of twenty fourteen, Karen leaves town. Um uh, and, and at that period of time, it's like, okay, my teacher is gone. Now I take ownership of this and of this craft. And I, and I do this, um, uh, without somebody holding my hand. And, uh, and I, so I, I write this play. Um, I, I work with this, uh, group called Fresh Ground Pepper. This is really cool sort of live arts incubator, um, 
and I developed this play uh, called The Giants, and um, and Isaac Klein has worked with um, uh, Fresh Ground Pepper, and so uh, there's a reading coming up. So I, I email Isaac, and I'm like, "Hey, um, would you direct this reading?" And and Isaac's we've been sort of like uh, Matt Cowart directed me a lot, and Isaac and Matt are, are really close, and um, and Isaac's read some of my writing before and come to a couple of things so so this is and we've always sort of been like we want to there's something here there's a connection here there's a spark we, we want to dig into this a little more um so this was the opportunity to do that so isaac directs this play um it's myself molly carden uh ashley morris robotti and uh i mean just just the reading pickle of it. party and, um, hmm? pickle party Yes, a total pickle party. Absolutely. Brought all the pickles in. Um, and uh, it goes really well. Um, I it's I think it's the best writing I, I've done till that point. I'm excited by it. I'm also excited to be in it. Um, and he invites um, uh, this woman named Robin Sokoloff, who runs a space in uh, NYC called Loft 227. Um, uh, which is no longer exists, but at the time did. And, uh, and Lock 227 was this event space and she was looking to produce plays and it's, it's sort of a big loft and the play takes place in a loft. And so Isaac invites her, this is December, 2015. And she's like, okay, I want to produce this play and we're going to put it up in February. Um, and I was just sort of, I was, my mind was kind of blown um, because it seemed like such a quick sort of progression from like, oh, I'm just sort of this fledgling developing artist to like, I'm about to be a produced playwright. And uh, and it happened. It like just happened. Like like Isaac made it happen. Isaac brought in all of these like incredible designers, wonderful actors. Um, uh, Molly left, but uh, Ava Eisenson um, who isn't uh, um, an alum, but but has been uh, very alum adjacent um, the past few years, and um, and Alan K. Washington comes in as well, and um, and David um, uh, Zaldivar comes in, and uh, and we do this production, and it's like it was just like sort of mind blowing that we were that we were able to put this together, and um, what's the play called? It's called The Giants. Um, it ran for like three or four weeks in winter of 2016. Um, so that was, that was a huge, that was really huge and really exciting. We were able to sort of do a few other development things with it after that. And, and that was a big, a big sort of ownership step. Um, it closed, the night before my 30th birthday. So it was just like this whirlwind. Um, yeah. So that was a big thing. And then after that, like the months later, um, I was talking about this with my friend the other day, but that 2016 election happens, right? Where yeah. Trump wins. And, um, and then I think like, it just sort of, I don't know why, well, I, I guess I know why, but like it sort of changed everything, like course trajectory. Like it was just like, huh, like does this even. Only people that I know who lived in New York City at the time have said that. Really? That's so interesting. Yeah. 
I don't know anyone else. I, I'm not saying huh. it's not true for anyone else. I've just, yeah, yeah, I've never yeah. heard it from anyone. And I've heard huh. it from multiple people who were living who in New York, York at the time of like, it really changed what was going on. And yeah. I, I didn't have that experience. That's, that's um, <laughs> well, I, well, I guess, but I also, I, I'm, I don't know. And this is not like an interesting part of this conversation further than the point we've just made. But for me personally, I was already so resigned to that. I, I that's what I thought was going to happen. Like I okay, wasn't gotcha. one of the people who was like, man, it's going to be so fun to watch him lose. I was like, yeah, I was a hardcore Bernie yeah. dude. And when he right, lost right, right, the right. nomination, I was like, you're smoked. I like, yeah. I called it then in July. I was like, this mm. is going to be hard to watch. And I was one of those guys that spent all night getting emails, texts, DMs of like, dude, do you really think after the, they all hit up me? Cause I was the guy yeah. being like Michael Moore style, like guys, I think maybe right. you and Michael. And I was just, and I don't like being right about it, but it was hundred percent right, 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 just how I felt. And so for me, it didn't change much of the dynamic because huh. I didn't feel the trajectory that I think a lot of other people felt. And I think yeah. that that was also more in LA as I talked to more and more people, there were definitely people who were surprised by what happened. But I think, I think my sensibility that I just expressed was more common, at least than I've talked to in a lot of my peers that lived yeah. in New York at the time, it seemed to just like derail things, change entire artistic and, and, uh, 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 social narratives. Like, yeah. It, and everything all of a sudden it's like we got there's plays we need to do about this we need to do something action must mm -hmm. be taken you know right right yeah that is so interesting and and um because i yeah i was definitely in shock when i when it happened i really was sure not and i don't blame anyone who was yeah, yeah yeah i think the narrative was being pushed super fucking hard the morning of you right, had every right. reason right. to think unless right. you did very specific research or thought mm -hmm. and believed certain people how the yeah. fuck would you know? No, I don't shame anybody who thought that's how it was going to go. Right, right. It's yeah, never yeah. been I mean, so I... solidly predicted for one person in all of history. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. I think they I thought guess... she was going to Ronald Reagan this shit. And right, just... right, right. Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I so guess I like, it. yeah. It, and, you know, it's interesting you bring in that thing about New York because, you know, I was, so I, I grew up, I was a sophomore in high school when 9-11 happened. Right. I remember that morning very, very well. And then I remember the morning after the, like, those are the two New York moments where, yeah. where like something was different in the air. And like, so it's just like. It, yeah, it felt like 9-11 again. It was like so, it felt really, really shocking. And um, yeah, yeah. So, but it, it, yes, it changed a lot of narratives for me. And and suddenly like trying to write a play and and reach out to theaters and 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 get my friends together and and do this kickstarter for this idea i had or whatever like suddenly that felt less important to me um like a hierarchy and, of needs situation you're like oh we yeah. don't have time for this anymore because this shit just fell apart yeah yeah totally yes absolutely and also i mean compounded that with like you know as a as an artist in New York City, you're not actually spending most of your time doing that. You're spending most of your time fixing margaritas for people at a wedding. Like, you know, so so like that's also like suddenly all right. of this feels um, uh, 
just like unimportant suddenly or, or, mm-hmm. or just not the most trivial thing. Trivial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had been doing some, some teaching artist work. Um, just, I thought it was tried to sort of do something a little bit more interesting. I've, I've always enjoyed kids. I always really like kids. Um, and I was babysitting this, uh, this kid at the time who he was probably my best friend at the time. If we're going to be real, it was like a fifth grader. We, we broke out and watched Star Wars fifth together. Fifth graders all the time. are awesome. the best age. They're fifth so and cool. sixth graders are my shit mm-hmm. with kids. Because mm-hmm. if you treat Older. them like an adult, they'll act like one. They're right yeah. at that age. It's perfect. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Um, but he was, I picked him up from this program he was doing um, called Rytopia, which is this uh, literacy nonprofit that works with kids and teens to to build um build literacy and 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 help them write essentially you're like uh, the best guy to talk to after that class uh yeah yeah <laughs> um and well he described his day and i was like that's cool i feel i want to do that yeah right and then um so i applied for the for the job there i was like let me just apply for a job and see and i i got brought on as a creative writing instructor there so i was working with kids and teens all summer long just like helping them develop things that they were passionate about um and spent a year doing that and i just was like sort of fell so in love with it i asked for a full-time job um and then that kind of became the next chapter was working in education and i'm still i'm still doing that um now so that was another kind of reversal to then go from actor writer to writer actor to then writer actor educator it just it's been the 10 years have been uh yeah a lot of a lot of really interesting shifts in there i love that dude and i love the idea of you working with kids like your energy is so great for that i did some teaching too in um, yeah. 2014 i was teaching for i taught for like a year and a half okay um drama school k through 8 kids with learning disabilities cool yeah it was so fun. You know what I basically yeah. did? I fully ripped off uh, Ashley Jansen's lip sync assignment. Wait, what's actually? Uh, oh, yes, of course. Ashley Jansen's the, lip like freshman yes, yes, lip yes, sync yes. thing she did for a few years. That's brilliant. It, dude, it's the best because it is such a vehicle. Every kid, yeah. you learn so much about them because you give them that, you know, get here's your chance. Pick another artist thing mm-hmm. that will tell me everything I need to know about, like kind of mm-hmm. where you're at right now as a kid. Because yeah. you're, you know, if you need to, if you need to like lip sync that Carrie Underwood song and like you're in the rain screaming and I'm like, okay, <laughs> got it. And then the next kids, like, I like that the REM end of the world song is fast. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> different kid. Um, That's cool. it, it's so that. fun, dude. Those are, those are the, those are the things that honestly I wish was a little bit more even in a conservatory environment, I, I wish when we were young in our like late teens, early twenties, there were more things that weren't honestly, that weren't church based. Cause there's what I'm about to say. It happens a lot in church communities. Uh-huh. I wish there was more out like teen and young adult uh, and kid connections made. Yeah. Like mentorships. Like I remember as a kid being like, there's like the boys and girls club. That was kind of right. a thing. Um, but everything that involved like an older kid or a young adult helping like a fifth or sixth grader get through it was all you had to go to church. Maybe that's just being in Texas, but oh. it was um, 
it would be so great if there was more of that. Cause I think there's a lot of energy in people like you and I, when they're young mm-hmm. and they're like, but no one points us towards that. Cause we're supposed to be working yeah. on us. We're supposed right. to be doing shit for us selfishly right. at that point in our lives. Yeah, totally. Very rewarding to do both. Wasn't there, I feel like, did something happen there? Were you working on something at School of the Arts where you went into, when I went and visited, I remember that, yes, that was you. Okay, yes, right. And you went into into classrooms and stuff, right? Uh-huh, cool. yeah. yeah. So, well, and that's, I mean, it's a longer thing for me, but I've been teaching since I was in high school. That's kind of where all this uh-huh. comes from. I started at like theater summer camps, being the older kid, helping the adult with the little kids. Like, yeah. um, I grew up with nephews. I've, I've always been around kids. And so for me, it's just been a really natural thing to do it when it shows up because I also mm-hmm. love connecting with kids because most kid, most parents uh, and adults in general patronize and condescend to children all day. And so they don't get what they want out of them. And I yeah. figured out really young, if you just talk to a kid, like they're a peer adult, nine out of 10, they're going <laughs> to respond to that and yeah. be like, do I get to be an adult? And I'm like, as much as you act like one. And they're like, mm-hmm. Okay. And they sit up in their chair and they wipe the stuff off their chair. They like want to be one if you let them. And so many of them are ready to do that if you give them the chance. And I love that. Um, And then you also connect with them extra because they feel like you respect them and you become Mm -hmm. their favorite person. That feels good too. Um, But for me, what I did at school was it started with complete works. I was just talking to Dev Reddy about this with Dave and Brandon and Alex Heffler. right. To make money for your showcase, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, no, to send you to LA, kid. Um, That's, right. We, That's right. We were going to just do it like the cabaret. We were going to do a little mm-hmm. play and do it at school and get some money. Besseda? Probably. Let's give him credit right. even if he didn't do it. Sure. Besseda, I believe, was the one that was like, you know, there is an outreach grant through the school that if you take this performance to a school, as long as it, I think I forget how it works. Mm-hmm. I thought it had to go to a nonprofit, but I think I actually ended up doing this later myself. I ended up using the grant a lot is the point. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They were like, we'll give you like 700 bucks if you'll take an educational piece of art to a school and show it to them. But you have to like oh. schedule it, pick a school, All make that. it happen. Yeah. Um, and so we took, we ended up taking complete works to like eight or 10 school. I and mean, we made a shitload of money off of that for showcase mm-hmm. because we toured it essentially. Yeah. Um, uh, later that same outreach grant was used by the next class, I think to take uh, uh, school of rock, not school of rock, uh, schoolhouse rock. School, okay. They gotcha. did like a Luke Smith, I think and cat Saffold did like a schoolhouse rock thing with cool. some other kids and they took it to schools. Later, I literally went to middle schools and taught Shakespeare for like a masterclass thing. And I would just break down how Romeo and Juliet was about them. And they're like, what yeah. do you mean? I'm like, it's about two teenagers who don't, who are weird. Right. Yeah. Like, and they don't know how to fucking talk to each other. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. cause they're weird. And they're like, yeah. what? And so I like made all the kids stand on each side and act out the dance scene where like the first boy has to go out. And they're all like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm like, no, whoever just come out, pick a girl you guys dance. And they're like, I'm like, this is Romeo and Juliet. That's <laughs> so cool. I love that. I love that exercise. So yeah. The, and, and that's what I mean is I wish there was more incentive yeah. and I didn't even know it existed until best had pointed it out. And I wish there was more like public funding stuff like that. That was like, yeah. 
Hey, take your, and it doesn't even have to be that. It could be, it could be carpentry. It could be fucking, right. like you could do anything. It doesn't have to be art even. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the, you know, if, if you, we were talking about kind of like definition of success and like, if, if you're sort of trying to get a young actor to understand what it, to understand their own personal version of success, I would feel like exposing them to as many of those um, opportunities and community-based opportunities and, and opportunities to to think outside the box about what it is my artistry brings. Um, uh, it's not just about either like prepping, prepping sides or, or whatever, but, but it's, but there are other sort of areas where I can um, bring myself and my artistry and my talent and all of that. Um, I think that that would be really good, a really good thing. Yeah. Well, hey, man, you're young and you're new in this business. It's a, it sounds like a thing, you know? Yeah. And I say this very seriously. I kind of, you know, it's a casual comment, but very seriously, I think that we are all, and I say we, I mean, uh, peers of our age group, you know, maybe like mm -hmm. um, in that millennial range, we are just now coming into a place in our, hopefully, you know, as a, on aggregate, a place of more stability. You know, it's harder than it ever has been for for people to to come up from their twenties to their thirties financially. But yeah. um, that that is not to be you know left out of the conversation. But Certainly. I think I hear more and more of our friends, uh, you know, trying to get a house, having some kids, getting some right. little more settled. And I think right. we can start to kind of turn that perspective out and say, like, okay, now we've been really going hard on our own shit for like 15 mm -hmm. years, pretty, pretty hardcore. Yeah. And that's great. And, and mm -hmm. I think we should, but now it's like, what else can we do? You know, yeah. and as we move into like our forties of like, what are we, what are we doing to help out? Yeah. Because yeah. honestly, I just don't, I feel like that used to be baked into the culture in a different way. And we've really mm. built, we've built, especially our generation on, kind of that like you have to like we have to look out for each other in this general kind of woke sense of if there's anyone oppressed don't let that keep happening right great right. sure but yeah, yeah, yeah but you you know look out for you baby self-care and self-love mm -hmm. and self, mm -hmm. self 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 you know you got to take care like and we we do man we got to get a little i think we gotta get a little bit more back to like the we and the yeah. like and i yeah. think that starts with us downward generationally being like yeah you kids are dealing with some new fun stuff a lot mm -hmm, of stuff going mm -hmm. on <laughs> yeah let's give some sure. perspective <laughs> for sure yeah i love that thought yeah. yeah what's next for you man um what's next i've got i've got two plays that i'm writing right now so they're just in the hopper and i'm hoping uh, I think I'm, I'm pretty close with one to begin kind of doing some developmental stuff with it and, and hearing it out loud. And hopefully I think in the fall, probably having a reading. Um, what is that process yeah. like now for you of, of bringing something to fruition as far as like you know, once you really get the, the, the piece kind of together, the development yeah. is what I'm asking about. Yeah. You know, it's a little, the thing about taking a full-time job <laughs> is um, uh, it's there's a lot of balancing that um, of trying to also maintain your art and maintain doing that. And um, uh, even though everyone I work with is a writer slash educator, like it's all, it's all professional writers who, who they hire, but um, 
but it, it's still it's a challenge to find not just the time but the energy the artistic energy to really put into it so i have been since starting full time it has been a constant um just a constant like how am i doing this and like there was a period of time where i was even like maybe i'm maybe like educator maybe my playwriting takes aside and and we don't and we don't really pursue this aggressively or mm. or and then other times where i was like i have to make a ton of a ton of time for playwriting and and sort of just like check boxes at work and and um and i think i'm finding that balance but it, this is all just going to say it's it's been a while since i've gone on that process um and uh what how it's worked before is because there's such an amazing network of School of the Arts uh, folks who I adore and I think are just the most like talented, skilled people ever that um, I call a bunch of friends and and we'd hang out and um, and I would hear it read and then I'd, you know, find a space and and get them to do it. And like, that's, that's just sort of been the trajectory. So I'm hoping that I can bring that back there. Um, and at this point you have some cachet too, man. If you were like, Hey Rob, would you want to like, come read my play? I'd be like fucking yeah. Matt Jellison play. I'll come cool. read one hundred percent. Like Love that's not enough. even like, well, I mean, we all make stuff, but like you didn't start doing this last week. This is not something. Right. And, and it's not your first, you know, it, it's not your first one out the gate. Uh, whether you're an established name in any particular field is less important to me personally than whether or not mm -hmm. I'm familiar with how much work you put into it and and where your brain's mm -hmm. at. I've seen your work. I've watched your mm -hmm. plays. I've, I've I've been in stuff that you've written. Mm -hmm. And it's to me immediate. And I can't imagine how these people feel who live down the street from you in New York City who get the opportunity to be like, the new one's done. Like that's how I would feel, bro. Yeah. I would get all fucking jazzed up. Not only is the new one done, but I might get to get a shot at this one. Cause it's not like your every play you write's got fucking 36 characters. You're like a smart, you're like a kitchen table kind of writer, last <laughs> time I remember, right? You're like a three, I, four, five character guy. Often do that. One of the things I'm doing right now is a two-hander, but um okay. but then I yeah, I have a I do have a big boy with a with a large cast. Um I yeah, would so. love, love fascinated fascinated mm. to engage with that because most of the stuff i've seen with you is in that in yeah. that like conversational stuff which i love but i mm -hmm. would love to see a play that that you came up with like 15 all your different personalities i only get to see two or three at a time i guess yeah 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 <laughs> um yeah i i'm excited about that one too i think it'll be that'll be really fun to have a big community of of cool people just um involved um I'm really jazzed about that again. Well, the next yeah. time that you've got one of these um, pickle parties put together and it's going up or it's something people can see, if it's, you know, uh, please, please let me know. And if I can't, yeah. if we can't manage to schedule getting you on to talk about it, uh, at the very least, we'll push it out, you know? I would love that. Thank you. I appreciate that. 100%. Thanks, Matthew, so much. I cannot thank, thank you, you enough from the bottom of my heart. It's this is so, so fun so to catch cool. up with you. Yeah, I know. Thank you for asking me. This is, this is great. Um, yeah. Awesome. And we'll have you back soon. Awesome. Awesome. I love your shirt, by the way. He's wearing an outcast shirt. I don't know if anyone. Oh, yeah. If you can't see it. Well, um, and here, I'll tell cool. you why when we cut, but this is my new favorite shirt. Very cool. Very cool.